Which word of the day? Today's word is Fantasia. Now, Fantasia is a Disney animated film from 1940. It consists of eight animated segments set to pieces of classical music. One most notable segment is The Sorcerer's Apprentice, where Mickey Mouse plays the young apprentice of the sorcerer Yen Sid and attempts some of his master's magic tricks but does not know how to control them. This story and the music by French composer Paul Ducasse in 1897 was based on Johann Wolfgang von Goethe's 1797 poem of the same name. You haven't even read that? Wait, what are you doing with the book? So he has the confidence to finish the story. Hear now the words of the witches. This is Kevin, and welcome to Words of the Witches, the Charmed podcast that will guide you through the lesser-known published material in the Charmed universe and decide how it fits into the grand narrative of the TV series. Spellworders, have we got some business to take care of today. Woo, okay, so let's break it down. So first of all, there has been news. February 4th it was announced that a Charmed Illustrated Storybook is in the works. It will be released September 6th uh, by Paul Ruditus, and you can pre-order it right now. This is directly from Paul himself. The more pre-orders we get, the more likely it is that they will make a sequel illustrated book. That would be cool. Maybe an animated series. One can hope. Um, but yeah, this is very exciting. It's going to be a children's book based on the Charmed Ones, Prue, Piper, and Phoebe as kids, and um, I'm very excited. Uh, we will be covering it on this podcast for sure, so be on the lookout for that in the fall. I also want to remind everybody about our Spell Worder Review Giveaway. You can continue to enter until March 4th. Uh, the link is on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, although the link on Instagram is not like active on the post, so I have to keep posting it in stories. If you can't find the link to enter, send me a message. But yeah, it's lots of great prizes. I'm very excited. It uh, doesn't take too much or too long to enter. Uh, just follow the rules and we'll be good to go. And of course, this giveaway is to help celebrate our one-year anniversary of becoming a podcast. Yes! And of course, I want to share a few new reviews I've gotten in the process. Uh, so this one is from Kat Sakard, KDMZM, who appeared on the show already. She says, This is a must for every Charmed fan. This podcast reviews the written material based on the hit show Charmed. There are interviews with former cast members and deep dives into the lore of the Charmed universe. The host is charming and the guests are a lot of fun. Thank you, Kat. Five stars on that one. Here's another one. It says, awesome job. Only a true fan can know every details of the show, which is what this podcaster is all about. He is a true fan who is doing the show justice. By John John 1991 on iTunes. Thank you. And then there's one here by Tobias Burning. He says... Kevin is the ultimate Charmed expert and the most passionate Charmed fan I've ever known. This podcast is perfect for Charmed fans, even if you have never read or owned any of the Charmed books or comics. Thank you. I think that's very important to note. That is super appreciative. So uh, thank you for those. Thank you for the ones I didn't read. I appreciate all of the feedback, all of the love, all of the support. This has been such a wonderful journey so far, and I can't wait to continue. Oh, and what's that? I think I feel the rumblings of another challenge coming. There's one more battle on the horizon, one unlike you've ever faced before. Ultimate Power Challenge. Yes, I am choosing a new Ultimate Power Challenge for you. It's been a while, but it was coming. Uh, this one is going to be in the vein of celebrating still. So I want you to see if you can find all the times in Charmed in the series where there was a birthday 
celebrated or intended to be celebrated. So anytime there was a birthday party, a birthday cake, a birthday card, a birthday present, something, I will even be nice and give you the total number that I have counted myself. So I have found nine, possibly 10. I'll be honorable mention of 10 times 10 birthday celebrations I've seen in this series. So if you can find those or find as many as you can, message me, email me at wordsofwitchespod at gmail.com and we will see who gets closest to the correct answer for a chance to be featured as our special spell worder. Woo! So without further ado, let's get on with our actual episode of Pied Piper. So this is Words of the Witches episode 28. This is our 27th numbered book but it is our 28th book that we've read um and i have with me caitlin to be my guest oh my gosh hi Hi, hello oh should we sing our introductions oh my gosh should we i think we should that sounds like a great plan who who goes first i think you go first so i know what to do okay i think this is new for me okay uh let's see (laughs) Make me nervous. I, I, I thought about it. Now I'm nervous. Okay. All right. I'm Kevin, your regular host for Words of the Witches. There we go. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. Oh, oh, I have to follow you. that up. Maybe I should have gone first. Shoot. <laughs> um, golly, I don't know. I'll just make it simple and easy. Um, <clears throat> this is awkward. I sing. Like, I should be able to do this, right? <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, oh, this is weird. You're right. It's like a right? nerve-wracking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do musical theater, but this is like the most nerve-wracking thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I have vocal lessons every week. What's wrong with me? Like, okay. Um, I'm Caitlin, the special guest on this episode. It's good enough, right? Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> this is, right? you know... It's fine. This is I the first I'm comfortable thing. holding a ukulele usually. So yeah. We'll just we'll give me something. credit for trying. <laughs> no, we, this is cool. I'm trying to mix things up and I think we did a fun, fun little thing. I'm happy. I love proud it. Of it. Yeah. Okay. So welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I love your background, by the way. Just Yes. My, my charmed world over here. Seriously. You know? You've got a whole <laughs> setup. I am jealous. <laughs> I have so many props, but you know, just immerse yourself in the things you love, I guess. Definitely. So uh, let's, before we get started with the book, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, how did you discover the show? You know, I am like a little too young to be really considered a child of the 90s but uh I had older siblings so I feel like I really was like I was born in 96 which I think was like the year the show started but like uh, 98 98 98 so so I was mm -hmm. two I was finding witches very young um no I got into a lot of just like WB-esque kind of shows. I was very into Buffy. I was watching like all of the hits in the 90s. And so Charmed used to come on after Buffy. And that's just kind of how I started naturally watching it. Um, And then I got slightly obsessed. And by season six, I was completely in love. And now it's like, I rewatch the show once a year, every fall. It's my witching rewatch. And um, season six is my favorite season. I, I remember that because you were on uh, Brunch with the Hollowells that I listened yeah. to. Yeah, we did my uh, favorite episode, which was High School Reunion. I love it. Yes, season six, episode 17. Oh because my I gosh, have, check you out. 
I, I know every episode title by heart, so. Um, really? Yes. That is impressive. I do not feel like the super fan I pretend to be next to you. Like, you have got it down. Um, and this book I picked for you because this is kind of like a musical-esque book, and I knew that you sing and you do music and stuff, so I'm like, I want you for this book. I think it would be great. Yeah. No, it was definitely a really interesting one. Lots of ups and downs in this one. I find it really weird. Like, am I wrong to think that by this point where they are in the story, like, doesn't Piper already have a child? Well, this is the thing with these books. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> well, we'll get to it when we get to it. I'm going to, I'm going to, first let's introduce the book and then when. Right. Um, fair. Before, Super fair. Yeah. I'm jumping okay. ahead of myself. <laughs> I know, I'm just so excited. Okay. Well, this book is called Pied Piper. Season six promo pictures, which, you know, season six is your favorite season, so you know these looks very well. Funny enough, Rose McGowan wore this outfit from this promo picture in an episode. Do you remember which one? Oh, you know what's crazy is, like, it does look like something she would have worn in an episode, but I, I could not tell you which one. Is it High School Reunion? Am I going to be embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not High School Reunion. Okay, good. I was like, I thought she wore that <laughs> ugly yellow dress for the whole thing. <laughs> it's close. It was I Dream of Phoebe, which was episode 15. Ah, yes. Another classic. That season yeah. six is so good. <laughs> this is the, that's, it, she only wore it for a very brief time, but it was when she was in the, the manor and... Richard conjured the dress on yes, her. Yes, the dress and the earrings. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I remember, I remember. So, yeah, I, always, I noticed I'm like, that's the dress from the promo pictures. I remember that dress. <laughs> I'm glad they got some more use out of it, you know? They got it in an episode, too. That's good. Exactly. Gotta get your money's worth with those. Exactly. Um, and then in the background on this page, we have, like, different instruments. We have, like, a saxophone. There's, like, a flute over here. There's treble clef and eighth notes and quarter notes. Yeah, so <laughs> look at that. Oh, and then sheet music in the background. So this is very musical. I like yeah. it. Yeah. It's super pretty. Like, whoever makes these covers, like, they've got it down, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this book will definitely draw you in. Like, three <laughs> beautiful women on it, and then just, like, music in the background. You know it's going to be a good one. And then it has the tagline, Someone's Charming San Francisco. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so oh. dramatic. <laughs> uh, and in the back of the book, there's more sheet music behind the wording here, but it says, They come to you for guidance, protection, Innocence facing nameless evil. It is up to you to save their laughter, watch over them, protect them from danger and peril. At first, Piper thinks it's just a coincidence that she is seeing kids everywhere. Since she and Leo have been talking about starting a family, she thinks she just she's just noticing them more. But then the kids start showing up on the Charmed One's front porch and coming into the house uninvited. No matter where Piper dispatches them, they're right back at Hallowell Manor minutes later. And they seem to be forming an orchestra. <laughs> no one will listen to Piper or obey her or even give her a moment alone. Piper starts to wonder if she and Leo can handle starting a family. While Piper is contemplating diaper rash, Phoebe finds out about a rash of disappearances in San Francisco. Musicians have vanished all over the city and they were all candidates to conduct a youth symphony. So how has Paige's new love managed to stick around long enough to be the symphony leader? And how does band practice at the manor fit in with all of this? The Charmed Ones smell a rat, but can they lead all of their innocence out of danger before the final note is played? This is where it gets strange, because they have season six pictures. Yeah. But this book, according to the internet, (laughs) takes place right before the finale of season four. 
Okay, that makes way more sense. Because I was like, you have, like, in these promo photos, I'm like, you should have a child already. Chris should be <laughs> hanging around. Like, what are we doing in this story? I was laughing the whole time. I was like, where is Wyatt? Like, what happened? <laughs> right. I think I'm going to go over this at the end, but I actually think it should take place earlier in season four, but I'll talk about why I think that yeah. at the end of the book. Um, the author is Debbie Vigue. And it was published, I know, what a name. And it was published November 2nd, 2004, and reprinted December 6th, 2004. Um, They should restart this, because I would sign up to ghostwrite one of these books. Like, the amount of charmed drama in here (laughs) is ridiculous. You would be good at that, too. That's what you should do. Oh, my gosh. Like, final episode, when you've gotten through everything, you should write your own. And, like, do a dramatic reading of it. Like, get a whole cast of past guests and, like, read through a dramatic reading of your own book. Oh, my gosh. I've gotten a request. There's somebody that listens to this. He requested that I start going through Charmed Fan Fiction and reading those. (gasps) Yes. Oh, man. I hope you don't find any Charmed Fan Fiction that I authored back in the day. Because I'm sure it's still out there on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote two, but I don't think they went anywhere. Okay. So, chapter one. It starts off with the sisters. They just finished a vanquish uh, in the manor, but a vase broke in the process. And this was kind of a sentimental vase because it was the last gift Victor gave their mom on their anniversary, you know, the final anniversary that they were together. So, uh, (laughs) so so, yeah, it's so sad. And Piper tries to kind of salvage the pieces. She's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. She's looking for the pieces. I'm like, ah. It breaks my heart, man. Yeah, like this is, it's beautiful. And she finds it under the couch or something. She's like, ah, come to yeah. me. <laughs> uh, Piper and Leo go grocery shopping and discuss the idea of having children. And Piper it doesn't feel like she's ready to be a mom at all, but Leo wants to start a family. Okay. Okay. I do have something in this part. In this chapter, um, there is a line where <laughs> uh, Piper is like getting upset about that and Leo hugs her (laughs) and the book says luckily there was no one else in their aisle normal couples shopped in grocery stores sure but hugged in them not so much and I was like (laughs) I don't know what that means (laughs) like I I didn't know that it was abnormal to hug in a grocery store but like this book made me rethink a lot of my social anxieties you know (laughs) I'm like is that crazy should I never touch a person I know in public like what are we talking about that is very bizarre that is so bizarre like normally I would think like whatever I do in the grocery store as long as it's not like obscene or whatever i can't like why can't i hug somebody in the grocery store yeah i I was like what is and it's from like piper's perspective you know in this part so i was like what do you mean like piper why don't you think you can hug your husband in the grocery store like i just did not understand what will the neighbors think oh yeah i like wrote a little note to myself and like turned down the page because i was like i gotta talk about this like why (laughs) i don't get it because i've hugged people in the grocery store like i can't think of a time where i've seen someone else hug somebody ever and been like ew like what are you talking about it's totally normal yeah that is very strange (laughs) Uh, this book is so good man yeah so at the grocery store a small boy bumps into piper and she is so not into it at all she's like uh Mm -hmm. okay can you can you go back to your mom or whatever because i don't you know i don't want these children in my way (laughs) (laughs) but leo's like super cute he's doing this like hey how are you buddy like it's like you know oh you look really cool you want and he was just really 
Yeah, he calls him a good boy. He's like, oh, you're a good boy, aren't you? And I was like, is this a dog, Leo? That's a person. Like, can we... Like, what is going on here? Some of the dialogue is very strange. Yeah, sure. this grocery store interaction just made me so uncomfortable. I was like, guys... If I was the mother of that child, she's like, stay away from him. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, he is a good boy. Bye. Like, what? No. It's like, do you want some candy? You want to come to my truck later? Literally, I'm like, Leo, I know that you're like... An angel or whatever but you need to think about how you are being perceived like piper's mm-hmm. over here scared to hug you in public and you're over here you're like saying this. hi little boy nice to meet you like <laughs> it's a whole vibe mm-hmm. suddenly all the children in the store start crying that would be such a bizarre thing Ooh, yeah, um, no. like why is this happening and then leo starts sensing children actually all over the city crying you know so he's like i got i better check out what this is going on and he orbs off um so piper comes home stressed by the day She's like, this was already too many children for me. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah. Um, and Phoebe comforts her, telling her that she and Leo are going to be fine. You know, you're, pro- you're going to be a great mom someday. She's like, don't worry about it. Which it was a very nice sister moment at that point. I it was, that. it was. And then at work, Paige's co-worker, Tina, uh, she gives her tickets to the symphony. She's like, I can't use these, so maybe you would. And she's like, oh my gosh, really? Thank you. <laughs> and at first I was like, Paige doesn't really seem the symphony type. But then Same. I'm like... But then when she explains it, how she used to go as a kid with her adoptive parents and it brought off all these nostalgic feelings, I was like, oh, okay, I can see that. I can buy that. I like that. I yeah. I was like, aw, like Paige has like a little piece of her like childhood and her youth and her foster parents to like hold on to through this. It was sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's super excited about the symphony and she's like, I haven't been in so long. And then Piper goes, she attempts to go back to the grocery store. She's like, maybe. It'll be a little little bit later, and I can get some stuff done, actually. <laughs> um, a baby seems to like her, so she's like, ah, yeah, hi. After that, she returns to the manor. She does her grocery shopping, and she gets to the manor, and she opens her back seat of the car, and she finds a boy sitting in her car. <laughs> like, my worst nightmare. And this kid is just like, I just got in your car. Like, what? Yep. It's like, what are you doing here? Like, I don't know. I felt like it. I just, you seem like a nice lady. <laughs> oh, that's like probably every parent's worst nightmare because like I was such a dumb, friendly kid that this is something I would have pulled. Like I would grab strangers' hands in the grocery store yeah. just assuming they were my mom. Like wow. a nightmare child. I could not imagine. But now as an adult, I'm like, please never. Like <laughs> stay the with anxieties. your parents. I beg you. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like when you see the children on the like the leashes. I used to be like, that's weird. Like the leashes are for your dogs, but when you see how children run, run off, I'm like, if you've got one of those rambunctious children, I guess I can see. Yeah, I get you it. Know? Like the leash attached to the backpack, like, mm-hmm. and then you clip the backpack around them, like, because yeah. I don't know how people don't just lose their kids, because kids are wanderers, as we yeah. learn in this book. Like, yeah. So she finds the kid there, and then she's like, "Okay, well, I guess you'll come with me, and we'll find figure out what's going on." And then as she walks up the steps, there's a the boy that was the one that Leo talked to earlier, his name is Samuel. And he was on the doorstep. She's like, what are you doing here now? <laughs> um, so she calls for Leo. She's like, um, he sees the random children. He's like, Oh, well, this is very strange. Let me go back and check with the elders, even though that's what I thought I was just doing. Uh, yeah. I'm like, Leo, wasn't the whole plan you checking to see why all the children in the city were crying? Like, do you have an answer to that? Where'd you go? If not to go check with the elders. Like, <laughs> So he's like, oh, I better best report on this too. So Piper goes to take the boys back to the store. She's like, well, you're at the store. So 
Let's just go back there. Hopefully your parents are still there. The boys are like, he needs a car seat. Sammy was like, I need a car seat. I only sit in the car seats. And then Jimmy's like, yeah, get him that. And she's like, I don't know. what's." <laughs> also, like, Jimmy, how do you know that? Like, you seem way too smart to be the kind of child who just climbed into the back of a stranger's car. Exactly. Like, you're so like, she- I'm smart enough to know that I don't need a car seat, but I'm not smart enough to know that you're a stranger. And if I go with you, I might never see my parents again. <laughs> like- but Piper's like, I don't have a car seat. So she tries to like conjure one and she says this makes up the spell to conjure a car seat, which is just awful. That's and- the worst spell I've ever seen. I was like, <laughs> and it's definitely something Piper would do. Like just a really <laughs> terrible, like off the cuff. She's like, I'll do it. I can figure it out. I was like, Mm-mm, this is bad. Piper. <laughs> like- <laughs> She's like, well, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then she sees a neighbor, her name is Bonnie, and she's like this mom of the century and she she's like, Sure you can borrow one of my car seats. Oh, that would be lovely. And so she, she does. Uh she's like, I'll return it to you in a couple hours and it's fine. Uh she goes back to the store. Jimmy was quickly returned because they see the mother there with the cops. She's like, I don't know where he went. And then she brings him back and she's like, there, I found him. He disappeared. She's like, don't you ever do that again, which is such a mom thing to say. Mm-hmm. That cop needed to ask more questions, though. For real. Like, I understand Piper is like, you know, like a nice, normal looking, like, white woman. But, like, there was a child missing. And I know that Jimmy backs her up and is like, I climbed into the car. She didn't see, but... I would have had some follow-up questions, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just a few, like, oh, that's so weird. Is that your baby? Because she has another kid <laughs> in the car. <laughs> like... Yeah. They don't see that other kid. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But she brings the other kid to the police station. She's like, it might look weird if I return two children at the store. So she just gives it to the police station. They're like, I don't know where his mother is. Maybe you could do it. There you go. And then Phoebe and Paige arrive for dinner. They both come in. It's like, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? But they find just Piper exhausted from her day of babysitting and running around the world. That's the end of that chapter. <laughs> Ooh, what a chapter it was. <laughs> yeah. Chapter two. The next day, Piper had a very successful time at P3 and was jamming to her favorite song on the radio. Um, And she's feeling a lot better. You know, that's kind of my vibe, too. You end a bad day, get up, go to work, jam out to whatever's playing. Um, As she sings while she's walking up the steps of the manor, she discovers another small child (laughs) behind her. (laughs) By the way, that child uh, whispers like, you sing pretty. That's yes. going to haunt me. Like, that is going to haunt me in my sing pretty, yeah. <laughs> like, from the distance, you hear a tiny noise, you turn around, and it's just, like, a child with giant eyes. Like, you sing pretty. Like, uh-uh, <laughs> nope. Not, not here, never, ever. <laughs> uh, she tries to get him to shoo like he's a cat, but eventually she just lets him inside because he is definitely just a child. Yeah. Um, Phoebe stumbles upon both of them. Uh, the kid just starts screaming at the top of his lungs, which is my absolute worst nightmare. <laughs> uh, and then Paige is not at home. She's shopping for a dress for the symphony. Uh, she's struggling to pick one. And the clerk finally just snaps and tells her to go with the basic black dress. Because she was out here like, maybe I'll wear this fancy red one or green. Like, she had a bunch of different dress she, options. She had, I think she had four that she was trying to choose from. I love yeah. them all. I look great in all of them. Uh. And it's like, then just buy them all then, if you're gonna be like this. <laughs> like, right. So which, which you'll see. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> then, cut to later. That was some good foreshadowing in the book. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, back at the manor, the little boy just starts throwing up. 
uh, unexplainably in the corner. I don't understand why. I guess kids just do that. I don't know. Tiny stomachs get upset, I suppose. Um, Phoebe leaves Piper alone with them, uh, just as three young girls appear at the door with a keyboard, a guitar, and a tambourine. So we're starting a girl band. Yep. <laughs> Phoebe's like, I guess these are yours. Thanks. The you cheetah go, girls, cheetah sisters. Small oh, yes. edition. Like- oh, yes. <laughs> that would have been super adorable, though, I gotta say. Right? Oh my gosh. I actually kind of love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Paige arrived home to the crazy and she quietly escapes to the shower and changes. And then she sneaks out and runs to the symphony. Because, you know, she spent all that money on that dress. Like, she does not have time for Piper and these kids. Like, Right, right. Like, no, Nobody's going to be puking on my dress today. Yeah. yeah. So Piper's been officially abandoned by both of her sisters in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl comes to the manor stating that there seems to be a supernatural string of missing children. Piper lets him in and shows him her daycare uh, <laughs> and tells him to take all of these kids. Um, Piper can't find anything in the Book of Shadows and she freezes some of the kids outside her door so we can see the patients on this uh, soon-to-be mm-hmm. mother is wearing real thin real quickly. <laughs> Leo orbs in and is also no help whatsoever and then orbs away again. So thanks for the drive-by, Leo. It's actually mm-hmm. very classic of him in like, right, right. you know, in these mid-seasons to just like pop in and out with unhelpful advice. Like, thank you, appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, the children follow Piper as they march down the stairs. At the symphony, Paige has a whole other experience. She's moved by the music and thinks about how much she loves her adoptive parents. My heart. Uh, so sweet. Like, Paige had the roughest time. She really gets it. Like, she, Phoebe too. Like, they all go through it. But, like, I feel especially for Paige because she's, like, the youngest and her life is definitely turned around the most by uh, her discovery. Major shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Paige was particularly stricken and fascinated with the flutist, flautist? Is it flautist? Great. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to say it's flautist because that sounds right, but it might be flutist. And either way, I think <laughs> yeah. it'll be okay. It sounds very fancy, very, yeah. symph- very symphony special or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, his name is Dale Allen. Ooh. Mm. Um, she's so into it that she actually goes to get a ticket to go back um, on Saturday. And then little by little, Piper and Daryl begin to find the parents and return all of these children to their families. It takes the whole day and various yeah. forms of like questioning figuring out. and puzzle. <laughs> it's literally clue. like 20 questions with every yes, single kid. Yes. Like it is ridiculous. This also scares me that almost none of these kids knew their parents' names, their addresses. Like I know some of them were really little, but even the older ones, I'm like, that makes me so nervous because I was definitely also one of those kids. Like I knew my mom's name, but I couldn't tell you where we lived. I couldn't sure. tell you her phone number. Like I would have been snatched and been missing forever. <laughs> like, Daryl contemplates the stress of being involved with the sisters, which it says something in here, which I think is very appropriate for just him in general. And then the show, mm-hmm. um, he says, there are days I wish I didn't know their secret days. I wish I had never met them. Truth is though, they're a part of my life. They're friends as well as allies. And I couldn't do some of the things I've done without their help. So, this is something that he had to probably deal with a lot, you know, especially towards the later seasons when he's being kind of mistreated. Yeah. Uh, they do not do Daryl like any justice. Like he has the hardest time and they're always like, come on, Daryl, just break the law for us again. Like, mm-hmm. 
But it, I think it's something telling because he does believe in the good that they're doing. He does believe that they're really good people. It's just how well does that mix with my world, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a struggle that's very real for him. And I think that's good. Daryl arrives home to find his younger sister, Estelle, and her son, Eric, are visiting. So this is new information. We learn about his extended family, which is pretty cool. Right? I love that. <laughs> so he's got a sister and a nephew. How Growing neat. the Daryl family tree. Yes. And the next day, Piper has Daryl come to the manor as five kids are back on her doorstep. Three of them are repeats that they already sent home. <laughs> and then two of them are brand new. I cannot believe uh, that. <laughs> it's just a big rigmarole i was so stressed <laughs> honestly like i can't believe like j- the repeats i would be furious i'm like how dare you <laughs> like i got rid of you already <laughs> go home and also like how dare your parents <laughs> like why <laughs> why did they let you leave yeah why were you allowed out again i cannot imagine <laughs> like that my child would be under lock and key if they ever went missing and miraculously mm-hmm. returned i'd be like and right. that's the last time i ever let these eyes off of you <laughs> exactly so daryl takes the kids except for one um there's this one kid named mark that piper takes i don't she just like sensed something in him so she's like i'll take you (laughs) pages gushes to piper and phoebe about the flute player the flautist (laughs) and and tells them they should come see him it's like hey i love this guy you would love him too let's go to the symphony together leo finally gets back to piper he comes back and he answers the door finding another boy holding a baby girl on the doorstep. Piper softened a bit at the adorable baby girl until it bit her boob. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like this nightmare life. (laughs) It's like, oh, I guess this one's kind of cute. Oh, it's the literally like that is basically how it happens in the book. It's so funny. I cannot, I can't get over it. Like just, the whole uh, situation i can't imagine poor piper yeah. man poor piper this is like i would be so like have no patience whatsoever at this point truly uh page goes back to the dress shop and buys the slutty red one now classic <laughs> she's, she's like well maybe this one will get the flute play it flout attention mm-hmm. yeah i mean it might who knows it might uh, Phoebe is at her desk at the Bay Mirror. She's at work. Assistant, she's like, somebody left this message for you. Um, he wants, he has some concerns. So she's like, okay, I guess I'll call him back. So she leaves him a voicemail message. And it's this mystery person. Uh, he inquired to the paper. Um, she doesn't really know his name or anything about him. But um, she leaves him a voicemail. She's like, I hear you want to talk to me. So call me back. <laughs> um, and then she goes to read one, her, some of her Ask Phoebe letters. And she reads one from a mother who is worried her talented musician's son is going to quit music. He's like, he's so talented, but he doesn't seem interested in it. What should I do? I just can't imagine, like, seeking advice from a stranger now, you know? Like, as a teenager, a child, it makes sense. But, like, as an adult, I'm like, maybe somebody I know, like a therapist, sure. But, yeah. like, like a stranger? I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean... Even if there's similar situations, it's hard to really get all the nuances of somebody's inner, like, personal problems. Like, Yeah, especially through a letter where, like, you yeah. can't ask any additional questions. Like, you just mm-hmm. have to go with what they wrote. Like, Exactly. it's It would be so, yeah, very hard to get anything that's worthwhile. Yeah. Truly. So then Piper calls and asks Phoebe to come home. But Phoebe is only convinced. Oh yeah, okay. So she's like, "Why? I need. To... I have all this work to do." And then she's like, "Well, Paige is gonna take your red shoe." She's like, "Oh, I'm on my way." 
so good. I love that so much. <laughs> that felt very Phoebe to me. Yeah, you know, right. like a very classic Phoebe move. Exactly. Like, wait, wait, wait a second. She's touching my closet. Hold on. Like, it's like, oh yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right over. So Phoebe gets home and she's like, "Why are you taking my shoes? Those are my shoes." And then she's kind of angry at Paige, but then she concedes after she sees how good Paige looks in them, and she's like, "Well, fine." <laughs> Which I also love. Another very classic Phoebe move. Like, she's like, very don't much. touch my stuff, except you can wear that this time because it looks great. Like, Yes, wear them with pride. I expect them <laughs> back in my closet first thing in the morning. <laughs> so Paige goes to the symphony again, looking super stunning in her red dress and her red shoes, or Phoebe's red shoes. And um, she's even more mesmerized by the flute player this time. She's like, oh my gosh, I love him even more. <laughs> Like, so classically, it is so clear that there is a spell going on. Come mm-hmm. on, Paige. How new are you supposed to be right now, you know? <laughs> Something is eerie in the air. I can like, sense it. I don't it. like the, this Dale person, okay? Dale Allen? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. For some reason, that name makes me suspicious. Right. That doesn't even sound like a real name. <laughs> right? No, really, though. <laughs> Chapter 4. Leo is upset that the elders don't know why these kids are drawn to Piper. Just keeps happening. Leo got no answers, as per the usual, from the elders. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Leo also has a new charge. Her name is Sandra. Uh, She works at the hospital. Um, Some of her patients have died recently, and it's taking a toll on both of them. Because, you know, Leo used to be a doctor. Or was training to be a doctor, I think, when he died. Um, And it's hard when you have, like, magic and stuff to, like, watch things happen and not use your magic to stop them. Like, Yeah, yeah. That, that, I feel like that would be really difficult. Like, I don't have any particular skills in that kind of realm. So, like, I can't even imagine having to make that choice of, like, not doing anything about it. Heart-wrenching, for sure. Definitely. Piper walked into the back alley of P3, and a crippled older man with a cane appears. He says that he's glad he chose her. Uh, they come to her instead of him. You are a powerful, compassionate witch. Keep them safe. Um, <laughs> it's like okay creeper eerie man and piper's like excuse me and the guy <laughs> disappears you know which she should be used to by now because it's like everybody in her life is orbing in and out but this guy just like fades out like blink of an eye he's gone Huzzah! um in chinatown piper is swarmed again by children one boy however in this group runs away curious mm-hmm. suspicious all these kids seem to be like flocking towards Piper, but one child is not convinced. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, shortly after, Piper takes cookies to the neighbor, Bonnie, thanking her for the car seat. Super kind of her. Appreciate that, you know, paying back that favor. Where'd she find um, the time? I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Uh, Bonnie encourages Piper to have her own baby. I love that. Just like a random neighbor giving their opinion on whether or not you should be a parent. That's right. great. <laughs> like bonnie had to reintroduce herself when they met like two chapters before she was like right. i'm bonnie Hi. <laughs> and i'm like you right. think you get to tell piper whether or not she should have kids okay returning home piper finds the boy mark is there um he was saying some very profound things uh that sounded strangely adult this kid what kind of kid talks like this yeah, like, I'm t- the dialogue in this book, I'm telling you, is crazy. Like He's like, understanding is not always required. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. It's like, and then he's like, 
No, it's just something I know. There are things. You can't always explain them, but you just know when the thing is right. And like, um, just because one doesn't have friends doesn't mean they're they are alone. <laughs> Spooky. And then he's like, the doorbell rings. He's like, you should get that. I'm like, what kind of kid is this? Yeah, he's super spooky and suspicious. Like, the way that he talks is, like, wise beyond his years. And I don't trust that in a kid. Mm -mm. And Piper's just like, strange child. I'm like, more more than strange. I'm like, no, Piper. Like, dangerous child. (laughs) Yeah, this is the kind that will kill you in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, like, uh, this, it, the way that he talks, it's like, it reminds me of that movie Orphan, where, like, mm-hmm. the girl's, like, 30, but she's stuck in a 12-year-old's body or whatever, and yeah. sorry for anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen Orphan, I just spoiled it, but, um, but that's what it reminds me of, of, like, that sophisticated speaking, where you're like, why do you sound like an adult small child? Like, it's just yes. suspicious. So, chapter five, Phoebe is at work again, and she thinks about... The odd kid Piper situation that's going on. She's like, there are a lot of children at the house lately. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then she also notices, she's like, you know, Paige also has been kind of oddly mopey. I don't know why she's all mopey right now. What's up with that? And then the man that Phoebe has been playing phone tag with, the one she left a message for earlier, finally calls. And they make a plan to meet at the office. She's like, okay, come by at seven o'clock. We'll discuss whatever your issues are. Um, and he's like, he tells Phoebe that, you know, you actually helped my brother-in-law once. She's like, oh, you're going to tell me who that is? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so they hang, she hangs up and then children are all the manor again. They just keep coming. Um, <sighs> but <they're, laughs> uh, it's so aggravated. Um, and but this time they're all playing with some kind of toy or impromptu musical instrument. So these children seem to have some kind of inclination or some kind of interest in music, which is, you know, another interesting development. Yeah, I kind of love that, though. Like they oh, the one thing these kids have in common, besides the fact that they keep showing up at Piper's house, <laughs> is that they're all like, I'm very interested in the tambourine or the flute or whatever, like. Okay, mm-hmm. I see what you're setting up here, book. I see you. I brought this musical toy from home. Yeah, literally. Although I had I had um, a Mickey Mouse puppet that was like that. I just would not separate with it. I would take it everywhere. And, you know, it was my favorite thing. So I get that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I had um, a stuffed animal that was actually too big to bring everywhere. It was a giant blue bunny that my mom got me for <gasps> Easter. And it was like the size of me when I was little. Wow. And I would try to drag it around the house and my mom would make me leave it when we went places. But sometimes <laughs> she would let me take it and I would buckle it in next to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. <laughs> so yeah, all these kids are playing with music, but Mark, the really oddly smart one is just interested. He's like, no, I'll just go over here in the corner and watch this. I don't know. Watch the weird kids. <laughs> so have like, you know, a pre-adolescent depression. Like, <laughs> Yes. I'm in my goth phase already. Yeah. <laughs> a little early, but I support it, Mark. <laughs> you know, right. So Paige is home from work and everyone kind of noticed that she's depressed. Like she's just, a, seems a little down probably because she's not the symphony. And she's like, I miss the flutist, the flautist. <laughs> I get it, Paige. We all have crushes on people we can't have. I understand. So Leo is back and he's entertaining the kids on the couch. Which Piper thinks is very sweet. She's like, well, that is a very cute thing, Leo. Okay. He is good with kids. I mean, yes, he did kind of like hear boy to a kid at the beginning. But he is good with kids. Like, he's got a good natural energy. And that makes sense. I mean, he's an angel. So, like, if a kid doesn't like him, you should be worried about what's going on with that kid. 
Right. He's yeah. He's he he does like if you watch Leo with a kid. Besides not being the creepy way, it would melt your heart because you know it's super adorable, both of them. And I you know I was like oh into that. So cool. Yeah, it's really sweet. But then <laughs> Leo leaves Piper alone yet again. He's like that was fun. I'm gonna go. <laughs> he's like I got some very important work to do. So <laughs> Interesting, bye. Leo. Interesting. Sheila calls Daryl. And she tells him that Eric, his nephew, has disappeared. He's like, I don't know where he is. He's gone missing. And he's like, I bet you I know where he is. <laughs> so wild. Ugh. Yeah. So Daryl goes back to the manor and finds his nephew there with his toy guitar. So he's he's like, nah, 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 nah. I got my guitar. I'm so cool. Jamming out. <laughs> I'm obsessed. That's cute. Uh, so despite trying to keep a low profile, Sandra notices Leo at the hospital. She's like, oh, I've been seeing you around. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, come on, Leo. Like, are, can't you be invisible, kind of? Like, what are you doing? You're not really being sneaky at all here. So, but they have a chat. They're really, like, bonding. Like, yeah, you seem very nice. You seem nice, too. Tell me about yourself. And this is really weird, too, because they're, like, at the cafeteria. He accidentally admits that he knows she's a witch. Yeah, I'm like, Leo, isn't this your whole job? Like, weren't you doing this for years before you met the Charmed Ones? Like, you are terrible at this. So terrible. And then, like, Sandra's just like, oh, you know, oh, that's okay. Like, she's super comforted by it. Uh, she yeah. she she leaves feeling better than before. She's like, well, I'm, I'm high spirits. I would have been like, this person knows I'm a witch. He's obviously a demon trying to kill me. Like, what? Literally, I would have been so creeped out. Like, there is no scenario in which, like, a stranger knows something about me I don't expect them to know and that situation does not end with me fighting that person (laughs) right right I would have flipped Sandra is way too trusting and that's why she needs Leo (laughs) (laughs) it's like we need to kind of set you on a a little bit better path here otherwise you're gonna be dead in like within the year so (laughs) seriously girl like gain some perspective here all right Mm -hmm. don't be so trusting you can be nice but be suspicious chapter six Phoebe is frustrated that the person she's supposed to meet doesn't show up, so our mystery caller has not shown up. Uh, She heads to her car, and then a man comes to her and says that someone is killing and that Phoebe has to stop them. Then, unfortunately, he falls dead into Phoebe's arms. So just another trauma experience for our dear Phoebe. (laughs) Phoebe calls for Leo, and he orbs in... Well, uh, you know, from a very precarious situation, he was in the middle of having sex <laughs> with Piper. Um, but good on him for still showing up. You know, poor Piper, but good on him. Um, but he can't heal the man because he's already died. And then Leo's kind of like, well, sorry, sucks to be him, but it's not really our problem. And I have somewhere to be. <laughs> right. So at first I'm just like, Leo, that's kind of rude. But I'm like, I guess given the situation you were in, maybe you like i get it but i'm also like leo (laughs) i know come on (laughs) i'm sure piper will understand she'll be more understanding of this than she was of you leaving every other time in this book exactly (laughs) Uh, so phoebe meets with daryl she tells him everything that she knows and she's very shaken by the death you know i mean obviously this guy walks up and is like somebody's killing people and then he dies Mm. um so daryl discovers that the dead man was named peter is it Yankovic? I was going to say Jakovic, but... Jakovic. Like, I like that better. Jakovic? Okay. okay. Peter Jakovic. Okay. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, he's a cellist for the symphony orchestra, um, and he was stabbed by a wooden object. 
So Phoebe gets the name of Peter's brother-in-law and she remembers they helped him from uh, a demon ex-girlfriend that he had had before. So they've had like an interaction, you know, a secondhand interaction she's had with this family before. Um, Paige goes back to the symphony again, this time in the white dress because she's gone back to purchase another dress. (laughs) And she greets Dale. So we're having our first interaction at the door. Um, he says that he noticed her every night that she was there and he tells Paige that he'll do something special for her the following night. Mm, So Paige is re-energized and she spends the rest of the night like making potions and, you know, preparing for this exciting time that she feels like she's about to have with our suspicious Dale. Oh yes. Oh yes. (laughs) Chapter seven, Phoebe goes to work to find a stranger sitting in her office. He's wearing a trench coat and he tells her he plays violin in the symphony. So we have another musician coming to pay her a visit. And he is aware of her magical powers. He's like, I know all about you. So she's like, hmm, let's take a walk. Let's chat. And they are walking down the street. The man tells Phoebe that something is wrong is happening at the symphony. He believes more murders will come. And then Phoebe asks, why, why do you think that? And then he, he cocks his head, walks into the street, and is hit by a truck. <gasps> Oh, this was like one of the most haunting things. I was getting goosebumps at this point. Yeah, this part was done so well in the book. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like Tears in my eyes, like this is scary shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I cannot imagine. Poor Phoebe, man. Like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, so, it's so spooky. Just the way that it happens, like he's just talking to her and then he just like something comes over him. Yeah. There's a glaze in his eyes, just kind of has like like nothing there anymore, and he just like aimlessly roams into the street. Yeah, oh, so scary. Oh. So he dies now. He's killed. Um, Phoebe just kind of goes home, and she's solemn and sad and upset. Obviously, like you know, she's the one that always had that. I mean, she was selfish later on in the seasons too, but she still always had that compassion in her. So when stuff like this happens, especially when she's a witness to them, definitely shake you up. Yeah. She tells Paige another musician is dead, but Paige is like, as long as it's not Dale, I'm good. Paige? <laughs> oh, Paige. Sweet, lovely, l- lovely Paige. Just, you know, she's got the compassion of a really young person. You know what I mean? Like, just very self-focused, in particular in this book. Oh my gosh, it was so crazy. She's like, yeah, because people's like, another musician is dead. She's like, oh no, really? Oh gosh, like, like it's not Dale. I was like, oh good. I mean, not good, but you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, girlfriend, like, show your relief in another way. Like, mm-hmm. Phoebe just told you that someone else has died. Clearly, she witnessed it based, like, look at her. Take the cues. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Phoebe, Paige, and Piper notice that this is happening to musicians, and they notice that many of the children that visit Piper seem to be musically gifted. So they're like, is there a connection? Oh, let's investigate. Uh, they check the Book of Shadows and find nothing. So Book that was Shadows a waste. Has not been helping in this. Not this in this situation. situation. Like, no, we're getting nothing from the Book of Shadows. What you doing, girl? Paige goes to the symphony again. She's like, "Well, I can't do anything about it now. Let's just go back to the symphony. I'll go in the green dress this time because you know, I God forbid, I wear the same thick dress I wore." A couple nights ago. <laughs> no, no, no. She's got to get a new dress for every occasion. Don't right. you know? Like, and apparently they're expensive dresses based on how long it took her to pick one the first time. I can't imagine how much money she's spending based on these symphony tickets and these dresses. Yeah. Like, 
Like, girlfriend, <laughs> rewear an outfit. Like, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so while she's sitting this time watching the show, she gets a letter delivered to her from Dale. Um, <laughs> and you practically, she, she has like an orgasm to the music, like practically in this seat. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it is. This is another very interestingly written scene. She is having a time. She's having a good time with herself um, in the audience. I mean, like, good for you, but wow. <laughs> It's so beautiful. (laughs) Literally, though. At intermission, she has to go to the bathroom. She's like, oh, I'm going to go in there. But then she sees that the line is too long. All these old ladies just have to go pee right now. So she's like, I'm never going to get in before the show has to start back up. So she sneaks off in the corner, orbs to the manor bathroom. And she's like, I'll go pee there. But then... (laughs) So weird. (laughs) Phoebe is in there taking a bubble bath. She's like, hey! Paige, (laughs) all over the place here. Um, Uh, Paige is something else in this book. Like it starts out like, oh, she's going to the symphony to remember her dead parents. Like how sweet, how sad. Like she's finding peace. Like it's all good. And now she's out here. Like as long as it's not the guy I'm trying to sleep with, I don't care who's dead. Let me just interrupt your bubble bath by showing up unannounced to the bathroom. (laughs) Right. Like no knock on the door. Just in there. And Paige is just like, sorry, I gotta pee. And she just goes. Crazy. <laughs> Phoebe is just like covering her eyes. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after that, Paige orders back to, to the theater for the rest of the show. And Dale greets her after it's over and tells Paige that he's in the running to be conductor of this new children's orchestra that they want to start. Um, it's going to be for 11 and younger, which does seem a little, I don't know. Like, he's like, he's like, she's like, isn't there already a child one? She's like, yeah, but that's for older kids. This one's gonna be for younger kids. Like, why do you want to be like, yeah, it just seems a little also, weird. Like, 11 and younger. Like, shouldn't, I don't know. I just feel like under 11, you don't really know what you're doing with an instrument. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. What do you mean? This is going to be like a super children orchestra. <laughs> like. Like baby geniuses over here. I don't know. Like Yeah, I'm like, these kids must all be prodigies because like Yeah, it just seemed a little fishy to me. Like bad vibes. Mm-hmm. And she and Dale go to a cafe now. She's like, they like the show's over. Let's let's talk some more. Um and Paige just tells him her, her life story. Minus the fact that they're witches, but pretty much everything else. Yeah, literally. T- tells just tells him everything. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess you're kind of under a spell, but wow. Again, wow. Just <laughs> <laughs> Making real decisions in this uh, in this book here, Paige. Mm-hmm. Chapter 8. Phoebe casts a spell, so the Book of Shadows will reveal any relevant information that it might have. And what does the book do? It slams shut, because the book is not participating in this narrative. This book is no. does not want to be in the book. Like, the Book of Shadows <laughs> is against exactly whatever is going on (laughs) um so then phoebe asks the art and culture expert of the paper his name is daniel what he knows about the musicians that are being killed uh he tells her that they were both in the running for the children's conductor position Mm. and right now there are only two more applicants so you know dale is starting to look curiouser mighty suspicious dale like i see you (laughs) (laughs) uh phoebe reveals this to leo and her sisters Paige gets immediately worried that dale will be killed and is convinced the other candidate rudolph trent is guilty which to be (laughs) fair rudolph trent is absolutely a villain's name (laughs) yes I'm like, I just, mm -mm. like, and much more of a villain name than Dale Allen. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
So I get it. I understand. Um, Paige calls Daryl frantic because she can't get a hold of Dale. (laughs) And then she finally does get a hold of him and asks him to come to the manor. She's trying to, you know, protect him, all that good stuff. Uh, Phoebe meets with Rudolph. He tells Phoebe that Peter once said something to him in distress that he can't believe he's here and he has to get proof to stop him. And Rudolph doesn't know what that meant. So basically, Peter, one of our previous victims, confided in Rudolph about this situation. And Rudolph is like, I don't know. Who knows? Hopefully everything's fine. Yeah. Who's him? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, him. Interesting. Stop stop him. Hmm. Do we know a suspicious him out there? <laughs> I think we yes. do. So chapter nine, Piper is at P3. She managed to get away from all the children for a little bit, sneak away and do some P3 work. But the bouncer there tells her he had to turn away 10 kids looking for her at the door. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Also, like, what did the bouncer do with these kids? Like, what were their ages? And did he literally just go, yeah, she's not here and close the door? Right. Like, it's like, you're too young to get in here. This is 21 and over. Sorry, yeah. kids. He's like, like, I hope you find your parents. Click. Get, I need some ID, please. Like, <laughs> Piper's just like, oh, good. As long as they're out of here, fine. Whatever. Mary Poppins kids on the street. Yeah. Love it. Leo and Sandra are at the hospital again, and a boy with a chest wound is just admitted. Poor boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leo recognizes this boy as one of the children from the manor that was there, however many there were, but he seems familiar to Leo. He's like, Um, so he tells Sandra, he's like, I can heal him, but I have to not hear it because I can't show anyone else. So Leo takes the boy back to the manor. He sneaks off and he orbs him at the manor and just has him stay there. Although... I'm worried about, I wonder about like how this hospital would go. She's like, here, we have him admitted all the paperwork and stuff. And all of a sudden he's gone, disappears. Yeah. Like we never talk about that, but that happens in the book right now. And it happens in the show all the time. Like there is paperwork involved with these emergencies and you guys just disappear. And how is that explained later? Like this is a boy Mm -hmm. who was injured, like possibly fatally injured and is now missing. Like, yeah. we are shutting down San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, serious things might not be so serious when magic is involved and the rest of the world just like, oh, I accept that. Okay. <laughs> like, I guess so. <laughs> Le- after he heals the boy, Leo senses another girl elsewhere who's wounded. And so he orbs to her and heals her and brings her back to the manor. He's like, all oh, these children. This seems like what Leo's doing for the rest of the night. He sees all these, senses all these children in danger and he starts to heal them. Um, crazy. Paige takes Phoebe to the symphony this time. Upon hearing Dale's music, she was overwhelmed with a soul-piercing feeling. So Phoebe is like kind of feeling this kind of same entrancement. She and but it's interesting because Phoebe is like logical enough to realize like, oh, this I'm being put under a spell here. Paige must have been put under a spell too. So she's like, I don't know. Do you think it was like her powers taking an effect here? Some kind of yeah, maybe her powers, or maybe just the fact that like. In the history of being a charmed one, you get put under spells a lot, you know? And so if this is supposed to be in season four, like she's had four seasons of stuff like this happening to her at this point. She's like, growing maybe in she immunity. Just really knows, <laughs> you know, like she's like, I felt something like this before. But mm-hmm. I also think, you know, Phoebe just, she has that like sixth sense about stuff, you know? So yeah. it, it might've been a little bit of that, just like her body warning her. I thought that was kind of cool that she was sensible enough to know that this was a spell happening, trying to take over her. Phoebe realizes that Paige is probably under a spell, and now so is she. She touches the note that Dale sent Paige before, the night earlier, and she gets a vision. Now she sees a vision of hundreds of children, dead, dying, and crying from like all this destruction in the air. 
And she's like, all right, now I know for sure something is up. And while the music is playing, within the flute music in her ear, Phoebe could hear the words, I am death and I will come for you next now that you know. Ah, (laughs) Chills! Chills! This book is low-key a thriller. Like, it doesn't yes. seem like it would be, but there are some scary moments. It's not just the words themselves, but the fact that it's, like, hidden subliminally in music. Mm-hmm. Too. Like, how would that sound? Like, the, like a whisper. Yeah. Hairs on your neck stand up. Yeah. Super spooky. Love it, love it. Oh, and on top of that, Dale, while he's playing down on his flute on the stage, he eyes up Phoebe so that he looks at Phoebe in the eyes. Yeah. Um. He knows she, she knows, man. Yeah, she believes he knows she knows. They don't know that we know they know we know. But <laughs> <laughs> They're on the same page and that was scary. So Phoebe took Paige to the lobby now and she tells Paige that Dale is a demon. And Paige kind of, first she's like, what? No, but then she listened to the music harder. She's like, oh my gosh, it is kind of evil sounding. It's beautiful, but evil. So then she agrees. She's <laughs> like, now that you say, you know, now that you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, now that I've realized that um, I've clearly been acting suspicious this whole time, he has too. Like, girl, <laughs> she kills me. I love it. Paige orbs him to the manor. Um, and Leo is, the, oh, this is, oh, this scene. So Leo is there and he is crying. He's cradling a child in his arms like a baby. And he's crying. He's like, I couldn't save him. So this child is dead in his arms. And he like missed. (laughs) This this is like, this is getting so intense, this book. Seriously. Like it takes a real turn. We went from just like an awkward grocery store trip to like just children dying. Like, uh, and poor Leo. He's been doing this like all night, basically, just trying to save these kids that he keeps sensing are being hurt. And he was just a little too late. Like, uh. yeah. This painful. also hurts me to think about because it makes me think of Chris, <laughs> but that's right. just like, right. and Leo with Chris, like, I just, oh, gosh, jeez. Uh, the tears, <laughs> the tears. And then Leo gets a complex now. He's like, if I can't save this child, how am I going to protect a child of my own? And so it's this whole thing. Um, and they do, they, they try to like comfort Leo, Phoebe and Paige, but it, you know, it's just... He needs a moment. He takes a moment. Yeah, he's got to think everything through. You know, something like that happens. It shakes your confidence. He's got to mm-hmm. process it. So Paige goes to P three and gets Piper home. So he she orbs there, grabs Piper, Piper, brings her back to the manor, um, and they tell her about Dale now. And it's like this is the threat that we've been going through. Chapter ten. Dale appears in the doorway. Piper tries to freeze him, but he disappears into the kitchen. A melody begins to play and it starts to infiltrate Piper's senses. You know, she's being overcome by the music in a similar way that Paige was. Um, Paige, though, orbs his flute away and takes it. She throws it into a volcano, which feels (laughs) a little extra, but I appreciate the level that we've reached, you know? The image I feel, I feel like I just see her like orb right over a volcano. She's like, "Ah," it's like, it's very superhero moment. Hey, yeah. Like dramatically throwing it. Exactly. Like, she's probably still in that orchestra dress, right? Just mm-hmm. going. Oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> I would love to see that. Just FYI, that would be, would be amazing. A flowy orchestra dress above a volcano floating there in orbs. Oh. Yes. Obsessed. I, I want this now. I wish this had been an episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So Dale, you know, without his instrument, he flees. He exits the scene. Um. Leo recalls the story of the Pied Piper. Um, a man who played his flute and he led children out of town through a portal 
all except for the boy with the crippled foot who couldn't keep up. Um, then that leads Piper to believe that the man that she saw must have been that boy. And he's now like a hundred years old. So like that was the original survivor of this situation. Um, and so he of the crippled foot is <laughs> such a weird nickname. <laughs> he who shall not be named. It's like, yeah, I'm like he of the crippled foot. What a choice. Kind of offensive. Um, <laughs> is brought to the manor. Uh, he put a spell on Piper so that children would be drawn to her instead of the Piper. Oh, uh, I get it. Do oh. we get the pun? Oh. Even in the book, the puns just never stop. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the Pied Piper steals the musical inspiration and creative spark of children to feed himself. Um, and the children, unfortunately, die in this process. So... You know, we're learning all of the evil backstory, what Dale's actual plan is. Uh, having received a message from Piper, Daryl comes up to the manor. Unfortunately for Daryl, he is once again, one of many times this will happen to him in the history of Charm. Yes. He is caught unaware and he is knocked out. <laughs> Ambushed. <laughs> Ambushed by Dale. Um, and he's knocked out. He's unconscious. He wakes up to see children floating above him like just a bunch of kids like every child just floating <laughs> above him <laughs> oh crazy that's a crazy sight to see too like there's a lot of good imagery in this book mm -hmm. like the volcano idea and like you know just opening your eyes to like the sky is full of kids like yeah very alarming so it's interesting because they tell the story of the Pied Piper is a little bit little bit different than the story that we usually know when it's about the rats coming out of the city so yeah this is like you know, a really spooky version of that. <laughs> yeah, it makes you think like that was like this this tale warped into like a more palatable mm -hmm. thing for the human world, whereas the magical world was really much darker. You know, always. I, know. I guess that's kind of always the case. Maybe that's like the original idea behind the Pied Piper. And then we only know like the calling of the animals and the rats thing. Sure. Right. Mm. So chapter 11. This is the last chapter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Dale fights Phoebe in the manor. They're doing like a hand-to-hand, -hand, fist to fist doing some <laughs> things. He pulls out... Yeah, so now that his flute is gone in a volcano, he's like, well, I got a clay pipe now. This is my... I'm just like, I've been doing... Having uh, instruments for a long time. This is my original. My original instrument. <laughs> <laughs> my original. <laughs> I, I picture it as like an ocarina, you know? Like one of yeah. those like... Yeah. Like, I feel like those were originally made of clay. I bet that's what it is. Yeah, so he plays it, and um, this time, the pipe blocks Paige's magic. So Paige can't orbit this time like she did the last thing. Um, and so pipe's still going. A portal appears, and Dale is, like, defending his actions. He's like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing the world good. These children will be great. Their gifts will live on in me forever. Um, you know, most of these children will never get the potential anyway. I'm making sure that their talent is seen and heard. And like, it's like now they'll be part of something much bigger. It's like, this is so warped. Yeah. Like, my guy, you have a skewed version of reality. Like, that is obvious because you're trying to kill a bunch of children. But you can't even, <laughs> like, none of your justifications are even sort of justifications. <laughs> right. So, but it's it's interesting. Um Paige throws one of the potions that she made the night that she was so jazzed up from those symphony, just made a bunch of potions. She just throws one at him. And all of a sudden the sound of all these magic, magical instruments like float through the air. Like they're coming out of him. They're being released. All the ones he stole. 
and then Dale exploded. So just this one potion vanquished him. I thought it was a little anticlimactic a little bit. Yeah, and like I don't like I I understand she was like making potions to like prep because they were trying to figure out what was going on and by now they know a demon's involved. But I'm like just by happenstance you made something that worked for this scenario even though the book was giving you no information. Mm-hmm. Like this is a Deus Ex Machina if I've ever seen one. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of anticlimactic, don't you? Like that whole line that they use throughout the series. It's now it's very appropriate for this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a strong like lead up and it's like that's how it ends. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, at least make them do, like, the power of three spell while she throws the potion, you know? Something. Like, give us something to show, like, he was just defeated by a potion? Like, a- after he's been doing this for so long? Yeah, at least a hundred years. Crazy. <laughs> like, no one else has ever tried to throw, like, a glass vial at him, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, he's dead. Uh, cuts to Daryl holding as many kids as possible, because... All of them are being drawn to the portal now that was open. He's like, no, I'll save you. They're all clinging to his, four of them on his leg, each leg. <laughs> That's another good image that I would love to see. Like another snapshot yeah. from this is just like Daryl being slowly overtaken by children as he's trying to yeah. hold them back. I remember, I think they were saying that somewhere on his belt, like hanging onto his belt. Like, yeah, <laughs> like just dragging him down. <laughs> he of the crippled foot comes back and he goes... <laughs> And he, he goes to the to the open portal that's sitting there and he's like, I think I have to go finally see what's on the other side. He's like, it's been long enough. I always wondered. And so he tosses another little flute that he had into the dining room. He's like, here you go. Take this. And he enters the portal, presumably to his death or to live out his days in another dimension or something. I, mean, I don't I, know. He's like a hundred years old. Like, I guess he doesn't have that many days left, but like, my guy. <laughs> like- yeah. Does you going in help the portal close somehow? Because it doesn't seem like it. He just wanted to be poetic and dramatic, you know. Yeah, he just wanted his moment, you know. Mm-hmm. He needed to have his moment in the sun. He needed, like, his 15 minutes of fame. Exactly. I can be a savior, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the boy, Mark, this very smart one that didn't wasn't interested in music, now grabs the flute that he of the crippled foot. He doesn't even have a name. Just he of the crippled foot. <laughs> like <laughs> So bad. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs the flute and starts playing it because he is musically gifted even though if he doesn't want to be he's musically gifted so he plays this flute and while he begins to play he's he's gripping onto daryl with his legs he's like i can't fly into the thing but i'll hold, grab onto with my legs and still some some strong legs i gotta say uh, For real. <laughs> um and plays this flute but mark does start to lose the grip of daryl or you know starts he starts losing his grip of his legs and he starts floating above and he's like literally floating he's just like i'm cool um and then he closes the portal with the music he plays it enough and the portal closes and once the portal is closed he's still floating so he's like oh okay and then he's like he comes down slowly he's like yeah i can float that's my power i'm a witch hey (laughs) you know i'm so cool like good for you mark (laughs) good for you Mark admits, he's like, you know, I, I, I just want to be a witch. He's like, I don't need to be a musician. My mom is a witch. That's how I know about witches. Surprise! <laughs> and then it is revealed, Sandra comes in, and it is revealed that Sandra is Mark's mother. So Sandra, this witch that was with the hospital with Leo, is now connected to connected. Mark. It's mm-hmm. all connected. It's all connected. Girl circle. Um, and I'm also the one that wrote Phoebe that letter. Ha 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 ha! Whoa, what? Mind blown! Yes, falling into place. (laughs) Yes, Phoebe then tells Sandra, she's like, "Well, I was going to write you a letter in the paper, but now that you're here, I can just tell you." So she tells Sandra 
to let her son pursue what he loves, even if it's not what you think he should love. Good advice, Phoebe. Good advice. I don't understand why you can't be a witch and play music. Like, what? why is playing music stopping you from being a witch? I don't understand that logic. Yeah, I didn't get that either, because I would think, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, would hinder things for you when you're a witch. We see that all the time with sure. the Charmed cast. But, like, they all still have jobs. Like, they all still have things that they do and, like, hobbies and stuff. Like, Piper loves to cook, you know, um, like, Phoebe with her fighting. Uh, I don't see why you couldn't, like, take flute lessons and, like, learn about witchcraft. <laughs> like, there's enough hours in the day for both, Mark. Like, you could be more than one thing. Right. I mean, you're already, like, a prodigy child, I'm sure. Yeah, you like, you closed a whole whole portal with your, like, little flute playing. Like, you got this. And the last, like, little happy moment. So Piper agrees that she's finally ready to have a child. She's like, I think I would be such a great mom, Leo. Let's do it. Um, and then <laughs> the baby that bit her before appears now <laughs> like and leo teases piper she's like oh that baby that bit my boob is back right when you told me that i want to have children i see how it is <laughs> and that's the end so i do like that the baby then bites leo though it's like the last little moment is the baby bites him and he's like piper help and she just laughs i'm like uh, that's yes true. get just your another sweet revenge <laughs> a little lighthearted moment to finish this off yeah uh, lighthearted after a very serious turn of events. Gosh, yeah. So, final thoughts. What are your overall feelings? What did you like or dislike? And- you know, uh, like I said, I've never read one of these before. Um, I have had the inkling in the past to try because, like, I do love Charmed and I love reading. Um, this was a very interesting read. The dialogue was something to behold i highly recommend (laughs) that people do give these books a try because i know they're written by different people and uh it's just really interesting to see other people's perspective on what they think like a character you've seen do so many things would think in their head like all of the thought monologues were very interesting i liked it it got really serious and really sad but that's like the kind of thing i'm into so sure sure and that's very charmed like charmed has very serious like storylines throughout the whole show so i really liked it it was uh i give it a solid i don't know like four out of five uh like crying witches okay cool um yeah i'm really glad to hear that because i feel like a lot of people kind of look down on the books people that are like really diehard of the show which you know i'm obviously diehard of the show but they don't want to even like play with the idea but they're really enjoyable. Like, I think they're really worth, especially if you're a fan of the show, it's worth checking out. Yeah. And they're not long. Like this book took me like two hours to read. Like, right. right. They're super Easy. short. It's basically like an episode of the show amount of information. And they're just, they're really funny. That's why I was saying they should bring this back. I think this should make a resurgence because it would be very cool. Yes. We can hope. We can hope because they do, they are doing... Um, that illustrated storybook that was announced. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, so, you know, maybe books, maybe the Charmed books are making a comeback. Mm-hmm. This book, you know, I kind of wasn't feeling the first half of the book for a little bit just because the disgusting, aggravating sea of children drove me a little bonkers. Yes, they were just, and I knew there were going to be kids in it, but like, it was every freaking scene. I was like, can we stop with the children and the weird, gross things that these kids are doing? Like, why are all these kids throwing up? Like, what is happening? Because yeah, it was, you said it plenty of times. It's like my worst nightmare. Like, I'm not interested in any of that stuff. Like, why do I need to read about this? Very uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, 
But by chapter six, I was definitely in it. Uh, that chapter six onward, that's where I was like, okay, I'm pulling through. Like the because the mystery was unfolding. You know, it had like those haunting imagery that we talked about, and like stronger emotional peaks. Like this was getting really intense. So I by by the second half, I was really into this book a lot. Something that's interesting to note to note is um, the controlling kids part reminded me of some other moments in other previous books before this. Um, oh. There was Vandalus and Garden of Evil that was building like a children army. Mm. Kids uh, are which, scary, so I get it. Yeah. And that he was like kind of controlling. He was like, they were like his minions and everything. And then there was the Gypsy Enchantment where there was like a violin that would make animals dance. So it's like combined those two things together oh, with this guy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Suspicious. Yeah. Interesting. This one, uh, just based on the premise that like Piper was like not sure if she wanted to have kids it did remind me a lot of those like episodes you know especially early on when piper would like accidentally have a baby in her life and be completely flabbergasted as to what to do with them and then she's just such a good mom so quickly (laughs) i was like yeah i could see like the inspiration of some of the things she said about like not being ready i was like i see you pull in from early seasons i see what's going on here right yeah it's yeah I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in canonical. So hold that thought too, since I've, I've thought on that too. Um, there's, I'm just going to say it's just little notes that I made. It wears me out a little bit that the author kept having characters call each other auntie and uncle around the children that have, they have absolutely no connection to. Yeah. I hate that. Like, like listen to uncle Daryl. Like, no, you don't know them. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't give these children the idea that like, if a stranger identifies themselves as a family member, you should like, let them be in charge of you like what that yeah that I, I bothered me yeah no and when piper calls it out and she's like auntie piper after she just called him uncle daryl i was like piper shut up <laughs> i did think leo was a little idiotic in this book at times <laughs> <laughs> just because he was just like i'm gonna show up to be unhelpful at all and leave and then uh. he bothered me a little bit in the early chapters too but by the end with that kid i'm like <gasps> <gasps> yeah he got he got me back with that too because mm-hmm. i was like Leo, if you're just going to show up to just leave, like, don't be in the scene. (laughs) Right. Why are you here? Yeah. So, but that dead child scene chills. Yeah. I thought Phoebe was kind of like a star player in this book because she was likable the entire time. I mean, that's kind of classic Phoebe, in my opinion. Like, she makes it through most charmed stories without, like, too much uh, negative feedback coming at her, you know? Like, she's very Mm -hmm. solid in who she is and what she does. And I understood Piper was upset that these kids kept popping up, but she was like all or nothing, very like foot on the gas with her anger every time somebody (laughs) was talking to her about it. And Leo was completely absent. And then Paige, you know, Paige was just, uh, I guess, herself. Like, I don't know what she was doing in this book. Entertaining. I can give you that much. Yeah, it was hilarious. But I was like, oh, Paige, you have got to be quiet. <laughs> so the next thing is put that in my canonical hat. Canonical. So this is where we're talking about the things that weren't quite right with the context of the show or things that made you think of things about, about the show and if you would like this to be an episode. So. Okay. I love it. Well, I think I said that earlier, but I think I would like this to be an episode because the imagery is done so well. Like, I would just love to see those, like, snapshots of these big scenes. I think they would have to rewrite how Dale is vanquished. Maybe Mm -hmm. this would even have a part two. Because I I do not think, with for all that buildup, which was, like, the thing the book did the best was building up that this was a huge deal. And that, like, even the book didn't know what was going on. 
And then for him to just be vanquished so quickly, I was like, ah, and the threat of the portal still being open is also resolved really fast. So I think if it were to be an episode, it would need more. Um, But definitely I would have loved to have seen this be an episode. Uh, I think it would have been crazy. Um, (laughs) You know, like I said, a lot of Piper's dialogue about the kids reminded me of early seasons. So I could see it kind of fitting somewhere in there. Uh, I'm glad that you pointed out that it was supposed to be in season four because I was like, where are her kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but would you want it to be an episode? There are definitely some like personality errors and stuff um, and timing that's a little bit off. Um, but I think I would have enjoyed this as an episode. Streamline the beginning, so don't make the kids stuff as prevalent. You know, we, mm-hmm. we get the idea quickly. There is a fascinating, eerie mystery here, and it would add some things, some elements that we never saw in the show before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and thinking, I keep thinking, like, this could have been adapted into the Charmed Musical episode that I always wanted, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Because there was so much, that. like, instruments and Piper sings in part of this. Yeah. Like, it absolutely could have been the musical episode that we never got and we absolutely should have gotten. Every yeah. other show did it. I can't believe Charmed got away with not doing one. I know. Uh, it breaks my heart a little bit because I would have loved it. So this is where it gets a little strange for me, because at this point in the show, if this was where it says it's supposed to be, like between Room Raider and Which Way Now in season four, near the end of season four, Piper would not have this kind of anti-kid attitude as much. Yeah, Um, it's much more earlier seasons that she has that feeling. mm -hmm. By the end of season four, she's like, I want kids. Exactly. So like, you know, um, I think this would take place in my, if I would place it, I'd probably put it, like right after right after moves to my ears because the uncertainty and the being annoyed by this the children is what her feelings were kind of like in black as coal when she had that fake baby mm-hmm. she was kind of she was a little uncertain she was a little nervous about it a little like kind of and you know she had the t- there was the time in all hello as eve she didn't want to deliver the baby and then there's the one with matthew in season two yeah abandoned so she had those moments and i definitely see it in here so the, these feelings that she has are appropriate for Piper and those earlier times, you know, right after used to my ears, because they did mention pages paintings in this book. That's right. why I put it there. Black is cool. And used to my ears are like back to back. So I think it's right around that time period. I would put it. Yeah. Um, I think it would fit really well in with like the storylines that were going on there too. Yeah. A little bit earlier than what this internet tells me. You know what though, if it was that early, Phoebe would not have her job at the Bay mirror. So, mm, well, I guess no matter which where you put it, something's going to be off then. <laughs> Phoebe references Cinderella in this, which is cool because that's your favorite fairy tale that we know. Yeah, that was nice. I like the, the, there were little moments where I was like, I can see the character, you know, in there. And that's really cool because obviously the show was written by a couple of different people, like throughout the series, um, the actual like dialogue that they did. So it was very cool to see like little pieces that you know about the characters like fitting into the storyline that this mm-hmm. other person created. Like that was really nice. Um, Paige mentions her interest in fairy tales, which, okay, that's that's already contradictory in the show because we see her in Happily Ever After say how she's like, I don't believe in fairy tales. Why do you believe that stuff? And then, but then you think of the season before when she's all about her evil enchantress fairy tale. Yeah, it was like the the story she was so into as a kid. And so I'm like, so which is it? <laughs> yeah. So the show already contradicted that. So I can't really like... Blame the book for that. Yeah, yeah they, right. they retconned it themselves. Yeah. Um, they say Paige is a social worker in this book instead of an assistant. Although, really, for all intents and purposes, she was a social worker. Like, social worker is just easy to use. Because 
she even though she technically was never a social worker or when she was she quit right away when she was promoted to it um Paige still refers to herself as a social worker in season eight. She's like, I was a social worker. So yeah, it's just a, yeah. just the easier thing to say than say, I was a social worker's assistant. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have the same ring to it. There's not as much strength behind that. So yeah, that's all I got for canonical. Now we'll do rhyme time. <laughs> Should we try a spell? Why not? Let's try a spell. In the wind, I send this rhyme. Bring death before me, before my time. You've really got to lay off the rhyming group. Wonderful. Rhyme time. The spells in this book, there's two. Don't go really go anywhere, but there's two. We'll say them anyway. <laughs> they were so bad. <laughs> I'll do the first one because it's like the worst of them all, and I don't want to okay. do that. <laughs> uh, so the first one was to conjure up a car seat, a child car seat. My need is great, the children small. I need a seat for this kid. Kid, kid not so tall. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) Like I said, it did feel very like Piper early seasons because Phoebe was um, very much the one into like writing her own spells. Uh, And but I was like, Piper, like, think for 10 seconds before you speak. Like, All right. The second spell of this book was to find an answer in the Book of Shadows. Musicians and kids, our problems now, we need to fix them. Please tell us how. You know, it's a simple spell. I think it's fine. They could use it. It doesn't doesn't move me in any way, but I think it would do the job under normal circumstances. Yeah, like the book just didn't know anything about it, which is still an answer in itself. Like the spell worked. Piper's spell didn't work at all. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Those are the spells. <laughs> Love it. Uh, now I have my best Betty rankings. You can't frozen in fear. Best Betty. <laughs> so with, with these, I, I kind of grouped the books in like sets of 10, 10-ish. And so after each set of those 10 books, we like rank the baddies from each of those books. And then the, there's a winner. And then that winner moves on to the next round. So we're in like the third round of books. Okay. Third set, third set of books. Um, so I think we have 12 baddies so far in this set. And now I'm going to put Dale into that position. So I kind of enjoy how Dale justifies his actions mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because he's doing like, the villain thing where like he believes in what he's doing you know, he yeah. believes what he's doing is noble and better for the world, which is kind of a classic villain thing, but I think it makes it a good villain thing. Um, and his power to control people with his music is pretty haunting. And despite not doing a ton in the book, I think he definitely leaves an impression in, you know, I, he definitely keeps me on edge. <laughs> yeah. Like because, I wanted more of him. That's yeah. why when he was vanquished, I was like, darn it. Because I wanted yeah. to learn more about him, especially because like, his powers are super interesting because he could kind of speak to Phoebe through the music. Like that's, that is spooky. That's, that's definitely um, an interesting power to have. Goosebumps every time. Very haunting. He murders children. Like that's low enough already. So um, he, he does have lasting effects on me, even though he didn't get a chance to shine as much as he could have. I think he's definitely up there. So I'm going to put him, as number two on my list. Whoa. Right right above Shaxx, actually. 
Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Who am I? Controversial. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah. So he's number two on my list right now. The last thing. So what is our level of confidence in this plan? 10, 10, 10. Well, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being we whoop ass, one being he laughs at us while we're on fire and naked. Maybe you should like Here's 10 things. Uh, I propose the notion that we can come up with songs for characters. Like if there was a Charmed Musical episode, if it existed, what songs, what names of songs we could come up with and who would sing them and stuff like that. So yeah. Okay. Uh, you have five and I have five. So right, right, right. Do you want to do one each, or are we going to do our whole list? We'll do. We'll alternate. We'll do one okay. each. Okay. So you want to go first? Sure, I'll go, go first. Okay. 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 So, um, <laughs> just for context, for me, the musical episode would have taken place in season six because sure. Chris is my favorite character. Uh, I'm obsessed with him, and um, I personally think that he would have rocked a musical episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so just to give you context, he's going to be on this list at some point. But right. the first one that I came up with is for Phoebe. And I think if Phoebe were to have a song in a musical episode, the song would be called Unlucky in Love. Oh, I, I like you know, it. A classic Phoebe move because every single season of the show is Phoebe just absolutely struggling with love. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that would work. All right, let's see. I got to pick one. I'm going to say Grams. I'm going to give Grams a song kind of like a frantic song with slow ballad moments so it has like little fast moments fast staccato moments yes. with like a slow ballad section and i'm calling it rings <laughs> <laughs> i love that oh my gosh oh so, that's yeah. actually perfect yeah so it would be graham singing about all the rings that she's worn in her life in her lifetime you know between the four marriages and like even this other rings like promise rings or mood rings just like what they yeah. meant for her at these different stages of her life and all the men she's loved and this like, i think it would be like a hysterical number um and i think it would shed some light on her love-hate relationship with men so i think it would be a really fun number no it totally <laughs> totally totally would that would be incredible i wish that that had happened <laughs> okay so the next one that i have is for chris and for this, I'm picturing like rock opera stat style, right? Like, cause you know, Chris, he's like a little oh, yeah. like angry, angsty kid. Um, and he is very jealous of like his brother and of like his life. Like just, he's really got a lot of rage in him. So I imagine this is one of those songs that kind of like breaks its own tempo while it's going, Yeah, you know, like you're into it. And then like the tempo changes really drastically and like gets really fast and angry and like the instruments break down, that kind of thing. Uh, and the song would be called The Littlest Brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be so good. Right? Get, get, get all his feelings out there. Yeah. You know? Like, and he's in a constant state in season six. He is just constantly complaining about it. So he had I a think, shield. Yeah. Yeah. He had a shield in the womb. Like <laughs> the drama on him. My favorite line of the of like his whole arc in the show is when um Phoebe's like, you can't just change like history because your little brother picked on or your big brother picked on you. And he says, he picked on the world, Phoebe. <laughs> like, so dramatic. I think he could really use that like cathartic little like jam session, you know? Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Which one should I pick now? I have uh I'll stick with the rock opera theme. Okay. Daryl. Yes. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I have Daryl. You're going to say yes. Yeah. So it's a rock opera song and it's called I Don't Want to Know. <laughs> <laughs> Snaps and claps all around. That is 100%. You have got it down. You should write the musical. <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm glad you agree. Like this is this is such a fun little activity we're having. I'm so glad we're doing. Yeah, this. I love this. This is great. Oh my gosh, that would be <laughs> um, so good and so yeah, classic, so, Daryl. Right. So I picture like in this like Daryl would like finally let it all out about like the sisters, how he they like, used and abused him, um, like how he really has no interest in magic, but he like knows because it's kind of like what I talked about before. Like I have no interest, but I know the potential of the good you do. So. Mm-hmm. He's just going to let it all, let it all hang out. And then this is just like hug it out at the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, he lets it go and then he forgives them like always. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. I love it. But definitely makes them aware, you know? Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, man, the musical <laughs> episode would have been so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So my next one, I, I picture this as more of like, this is like the solo song. You know, like, I don't know if you've seen the Buffy musical episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once more with feeling that's a personal fave of mine. <laughs> um, but it would be kind of like the character Dawn in that show. She has a tiny, tiny, tiny solo where she starts singing and she gets cut off. I remember. Um, yeah. And I think that this this would be that kind of song where like it's for Piper and she would get completely interrupted as per the usual. Um, and she wouldn't be able to like finish her song, but we would all get it. Like we would all understand the vibe she was going for. Um, and I think that that song would be called let me be normal. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Cause you know, she's just every, for the entire show, she is just constantly like, I want a normal life. I want normal things. Even in this book, she's like, yeah. I just want to be normal and go to the grocery store. <laughs> like, nice and calm and normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> you're you're on that, you're on that Buffy musical track. I have a duet kind of like in the vein of like Xander and Anya's song. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. An excellent, excellent song. That's Piper and Leah duet. <laughs> and it's called The Elders Are Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Another very true to story kind of vibe. <laughs> so it would be a duet where, you know, there's the whole give and take thing where Piper will start off and talk about how, like, why she hates the elders, why they suck. And Leah would initially defend them and be like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end, Leah would accept the very true fact that they are absolute dicks and they suck <laughs> yes i love it that would be so good uh oh man all of these like i'm telling you let's write a musical i am it. here for it like, <laughs> it would be amazing <laughs> okay so the next one that i have um is for Paige, and this one i i more picture like Paige goes through kind of in the in the series since she joins the show she goes through a lot of phases of feeling very like underestimated you know because mm-hmm. she's the newest one to magic and then you know she's too into magic and then she's not into magic enough and like she's constantly being kind of criticized and so I think this would be kind of like her her like kind of justification song where she's like okay guys it's time for everybody to stop this <laughs> and it would be called turn the page on me <laughs> oh page a play on page. words I love see but those types of things are great. I love the wordplay. 
Yeah, and I think I I picture her like walking around the house and like singing while everybody else is doing their normal daily tasks, and she's like interrupting them, you know, and like flipping things around for them, uh, like correcting stuff as she goes. And she's like, "Do you see how self sufficient I've become? Like, stop rereading this same version of who I was. Like, it's time. Turn uh, the page. Like, that is beautiful." <laughs> 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 I'm, just, I'm telling you, Kevin, let's write a musical. I'm geeking out right now. It's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Okay. <laughs> so my number four, I guess, is it's a Phoebe song. And this is a typical I want song. Okay. Okay. Love yeah. that for her. It's going to be called The Amazing Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. Like, the titles are so great. <laughs> so in this song, you know, it's like, Phoebe, she's so cool. She's popular. She's hot. But, you know, she has feelings, too. So. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like Phoebe in all eight seasons. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Uh, okay. So the the last one that I have, because I'm picturing all of these songs would fit in, like, the same episode okay. that I came up with, okay. right? So, you know, we've kind of gone through and we've hit a lot of the major points. We've hit the, the three sisters. We've got Chris involved. It's Leo's turn. Mm. And I picture, like, my justification for why there would be a musical episode is very similar to why there's a musical episode in Buffy, which is that somebody just accidentally makes a deal with a demon. Mm. And they're all being forced to, like, kind of sing their feelings, that sort of vibe, which they totally could have stolen. And I would have taken and it would have been fine. Like for sure. I don't mind, you know, people share like story beats like that all the time. Like networks do it. The, the CW has been repeating the same story arc for 10 years. I, <laughs> like, I believe, you know, you remember the brain drain episode and like how Buffy had an episode that was similar. I believe it was because the author had the same kind of script that he pitched to different shows. Like, yeah. The and they both bought it and like rewrote their own versions. Like, yeah. why not, man? Right. Why not? Right. Uh, I wish, I wish that they had done that. Um, but for Leo, I picture throughout the whole episode, he's the only one, like, not super affected by it, you know? Yeah. Like, he's been uh, able to stop himself from singing throughout the episode. And he finally breaks and has his little song when um, they're asking him uh, yet again to, like, go to the elders and try to find out more information. And he just, like, has his little breakout number. It would be, like, the pop hit. You know, it would hit the radios. It would be the radio play song. Justin Bieber. Uh huh. And the title would be "Angels Wings, Angels Sing." (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it would just be him. Like it would be the most obscure song, so that it could be the pop hit. So it would be very much just like not super connected to what's going on in the episode. Just feelings he happens to have. (laughs) I love it. I think it would work out pretty well. I think it would be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, just I can just picture him like on stage in like one of those white like flowy like yes, like the flowy like pirate shirt that's like yeah, cut almost down to his yeah. belly button and it's like flying and the wind is going like. <laughs> okay, so my last one. This is gonna be a more like sympathetic, a very serious song. Okay, this is a Prue song. I would consider this like an eleven o'clock number song. Prue. Yes. I'm already upset. Okay. I imagine this would happen like after she's dead. Like somewhere in the in the afterlife somewhere, or maybe this is after she's died and, and she comes back some some time and she has a visit somehow. Um, so Prue is like feeling she's feeling at a loss that she can't protect her family anymore. She regrets that she may have let them down. 
you know, so she's feeling like all these regrets. She's like, I could should have protected you more. Oh. And, but, um, and but at the end, she realizes that she actually helped make them stronger than ever. And so this whole beautiful yeah. kind of revelation. Uh, and I call it careful, wise, together. Do you know why I call it that? Careful, wise, together? I actually don't. Oh, no. Fake fan. <laughs> so in at the end of the first episode, they walk up the doorstep and Piper's like, what are we going to do? And she's like, we're going to be careful, we're going to be wise, and we're going to stick together. Oh my gosh! <laughs> my heart just broke into a thousand pieces. Oh, true. <laughs> we barely so, knew ye. Oh my uh, goodness. That is so good. Uh, 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 and I could see it like lights down, spotlight, mm-hmm. and then the spotlight slowly fading as she's singing. Instead of getting brighter, it's getting darker. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That is the so emotion. Sweet. It would have been so good. Oh my yeah. gosh. My heart is broken. <laughs> so we did it. We went there. Oh my gosh. That was a journey. Truly. We have had ups and downs in this episode. <laughs> we could have made a whole book just on those songs. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, let's write a musical. <laughs> shake it out. Shake it out. Shake it out. Okay. Shake out all those feelings. <laughs> so we have one final thing before we go. It is tips for future white lighters. I was out being a force of good in the universe. What was the moral of this book, you think? The moral of this book was be more suspicious of strangers and children. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. That's what I got out of it. I was like, I need to be on high alert because every single person they met, I was like, what a suspicious interaction. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And really, there are multiple situations. The whole Sandra thing, too, was just like... So I feel you. Mine, I said, follow your passions. Do what you love. <laughs> um, yeah. That's fair to... too. I mean, it's yeah. in there. Right. It's throughout. Uh, That's what the kids learn. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't even have to necessarily be something you're good at. Just something that you have passion for. Like take a chance on whatever inspires you. Um, you can be familiar or unknown and just see where it takes you and put your heart into it and, you know, have fun. Yeah. I love that. You got a much more positive um <laughs> <laughs> moral out of this book i appreciate it thank you this was so fun oh my gosh this was the best i just had like the most fun you have no idea this made my week i'm glad you made my week too so i'm you know this podcast makes me happy every time and i'm so glad we get to meet these people you know meet each other and, and share our love yeah so. it's so right. great it's just like such a good time and like you're so energetic and so fun and I was like super comfortable like you put everything together it was so organized like I loved it it was so great thank you thank you thank you thank you all right well that's the end so tell people where they can follow you and find all the good things you do oh gosh okay well um you can find me on the internet on most social media websites at Caitlin Shaper. I'm going to spell it for you because some people struggle with Shaper. Uh, that's K A I T L Y N S C H A P E R. And that's my handle on pretty much everything. Uh, you can find me if you like to watch Instagram stories about people's cats because I share a lot of those. Um, you can also follow me on Spotify. I've got three albums out none of which are directly related to Charmed, but all of which are related to Charmed in my heart. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that's where you can find me online. Um, You know, I would appreciate the follow. Give my new album, Conversation Hearts, a listen if you would like. That's Uh, exciting. Yeah, it was 
probably the most fun I've had making music ever. Uh, it came out in October and there's a lot of interesting imagery. So if you're a fan of interesting imagery, I think you will be a fan of the album. Oh, I love that. Oh. <laughs> uh, cool. So you can find this podcast at Words of the Witches on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all of those, or Words of Witches on Twitter. Follow the other podcast with Sean, Hanging with the Hallowells. We just started season eight. Oh. And yeah, uh, so that's exciting. And because this episode right now is actually my one-year anniversary episode of Words of the Witches. That's right. Happy one-year anniversary. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I can't um, believe it's been a year. Time flies. I know. I know. Crazy. So there's that ultimate power, power challenge is going. And I still have my spell word or giveaway going until March 4th because next episode I'm going to announce the winners of those. So, yeah. So do those. And, so uh, exciting. So we'll see you in two weeks. Ah, your destiny still awaits. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>